Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello and welcome to the Runners World podcast with me, Rick Pearson. And me, Ben Hobson. Today we're talking with Men's Health's Andrew Tracy about unorthodox training methods. He is a man who challenges the standard. Should we say that? I think that's right. He, he challenges the status quo. Yeah. So you'll hear in the episode, Andrew's done a lot, of, a lot of events. Men's Health might ring a few bells for people. It's a very popular magazine. But it might not be you centre yourself, oh, it doesn't sound very running-y. Well... This guy knows how to force himself to do rather extreme challenges, but his approach and the training that he uses to get there isn't just banking loads of mileage. So, yeah, we wanted to sit down with him and have a chat about how he approaches these things because it it's fairly fascinating. From I, I think it's fascinating. Yeah, I think so. I think there's a significant sort of minority of runners who maybe don't love putting in loads of miles, want to achieve... Um, ambitious goals but maybe want to look at different ways of um of getting there and i think this is this yeah. is the episode for you i think let's just go over our own running i'm injured you're sick so that's covered that off great um what else is happening rick um no that's it isn't it you, you and i's uh running is, isn't particularly impressive at the minute i'm still i've no. still all roads leading to the orion 15 so just got to start feeling a bit better to do that and then yeah that, that'll be it great well that's good I mean, even at, even at our best, it was never much to talk about, but right now it's really not. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, good. Um, right, oh, well, uh, let's, look. Well, let's get him on. Let's get on to Guest of the Week. Let's do it. Guest of the Week. Here in the studio. Guest of the Week. Sometimes on the phone. Could be an athlete. Could be a physio. Or a complete unknown. Today we're talking unorthodox training approaches to running and who better to talk to on this subject than Men's Health Fitness Director, but more crucially, a man who has experimented and completed a number of incredibly difficult challenges where running has sat at the centre of them. So welcome to the Runs World Podcast, Andrew Tracy. Thank you for having me on. Thank you very much for, for coming on. Um, just so we can uh, get a sense of your like endurance CV, I guess, could you give us a sense of some of the um, long distance or um, big challenges that you've done in the past? We were just obviously we were just discussing this before we started rolling, and then as, as you were introing there, I was I was like thinking, oh, and this, and this, and yeah. this. I would never think of myself as an endurance athlete. Okay, um, and I but. wouldn't say I wouldn't say, yeah, <laughs> but, and I wouldn't say hybrid athlete because everyone says that now. But yeah. I think the the first when I'm thinking back now, years and years and years ago, I'd I'd run marathon distance already, and was just a as much of 
of a runner as, as you know, anyone else who goes for a run. Um, I decided one New Year's Day, we, myself and my brother have this tradition where we try and do something really hard on New Year's Day every day. Uh, initially, years and, years and years ago, it was kind of a way to... Sweat out the hangover? Or not be, you know, a, a, <laughs> yeah, a sort right. of act yeah. as a sort of natural sort of mental deterrent <laughs> yeah. to not being too hungover. We did a a sprint distance, uh, sorry, an Olympic distance triathlon, but with no training or anything, we just found out which swimming pool would be open on New Year's Day at a local hotel and did like a, a distance triathlon. And I was like, oh, okay, this is this, that wasn't anywhere near as bad as I thought it would be. And I, I've, this is going back a few years as well mm. before people started just doing like, oh, I, did, I just did, I did 9,000 marathons in a row. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's yeah. that sort of, I think has lowered the, not lowered the barrier for entry, but definitely made people think a lot more about, oh, maybe I can maybe do, I do that. stuff. But this yeah. was my first like, oh, okay, that's not too bad. And that then, but that then spurred on a, like a whole new thing, like this New Year's Day thing, You the one you did the other day, well, this new year was up and down Snowdonia. Mm. So we do another thing we do every year. This is this is a separate. God, we do way too many things every year. <laughs> difficult. This is a separate thing, but we've always done for charity uh, an event where we do twenty four CrossFit Hero workouts, which are hero where CrossFit workouts dedicated to servicemen and women who have given their life in the line of duty, and they're, they're generally speaking like just really tough. Like so okay. they're really hard grinders of CrossFit workouts. Um, and we've done for probably six or seven years now, I think, actually. We try and do 24 in 24. We don't try. We do 24 in 24 hours, on the hour, every hour. Uh, and then progressively, we tried to make that tougher. One year, we decided we wanted to see if we could do that. And the game is like, how, what's the most stupid thing we can do as well as doing this? Yeah, yeah. Because it's pretty stupid in and of itself. <laughs> we decided we, we wanted to see if we could fit in... Um, Initially, it was like, can we fit in a marathon between all these workouts? And then it escalated to, to an ultra marathon because we kind of set a distance and that distance happened to be like 70 kilometers. And we, li we literally traveled that. We chucked all of the kit. So this is one of my brothers. And I chucked all of the kit into a flatbed transit driven by our other brother. And we we'd made a list of points like 24 points along this 70 kilometers route kilometer route and we just had to be there every hour and he got the kit out for us so we get there every hour and we do you know like uh a hundred muscle ups at a time and then then just keep running again so it was essentially like do a do a tough conditioning workout and then keep running um, and it's pretty brutal. It's like 70 kilometers, but it's it spread out over 24 hours. So although it's 20, yeah. it's, although it's, it's all of running. that work. It's yeah. A, yeah, it's- <laughs> With a workout every hour. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then this year just been, we, we were like, right, how can we top that again? And we decided we would see how many ascents of Mount Snowden, like from the, from the pig track car park, up yeah. the pig track to the top of Snowden, we could, accumulate in 24 hours while still doing these 24 hero workouts and i i'd, I'd been a few times yeah. in the in the week's prior so to, to be just to just to make it plain we had all the kit in a van in the car park yeah. okay and we just would just write the plan was just to run back and forward from the summit back down and we had like a handful of body weight 
so there's some of the hero workouts are bodyweight only work. They're okay. still really tough and they incorporate a lot of running in them. So, you know, it'll be something like a 20 minute AMRAP, as many rounds as possible of 24 walking lunges, 24 press-ups, 24 burpees, 400 meter run. And you just do that continuously for 24 okay. minutes. Yeah. And we had a handful of those so that in the hours when we were still on the hill, we could do one of those on the mountain. What did the walkers make of this? Well, the, this, is, this is the interesting thing. So I'd, I'd been up a few weeks before to do, do a few time trials. Yeah. And I, I love uphill and downhill running. I'm not, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say running is something I, I love. I do it all the time, but it, it, I, it's not something that like, gets my curiosity. I wouldn't say I was passionate about it. Okay. Right. Um, it, it definitely serves a purpose, and I really do enjoy it. Yeah. Um, but it's never something I'm, I don't have a lot of curiosity about it like I do with my other forms okay. of training. Got yeah. it. Yeah. But this, I love running up hills. I love trail running. I think that's what I need. I need that, that, sort, of, that sort of novelty. So I'd gone and done like a time trial and I didn't gas it. And I was three hours up and down fairly, fairly comfortably. Okay. I gave it some beans on the way down because I was excited. But on the way up. Because <laughs> it's fun. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. it's fun. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. downhill, right? Um, the day we picked to do it, it didn't stop snowing all day. <laughs> um, it was the worst condition. And I think just getting the first ascent because of the conditions, there were, there were patches of it you, you just couldn't run because mm. it was too icy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so we ran when we could, but then some of the time, you know, you, you, you slow to a crawl. Um, and it just kept snowing and it kept snowing and it kept snowing. And the snow, to its credit, did actually improve the conditions a little bit because it sort of covers the ice, right? But then you're running in a foot deep of snow, so that yeah. presents its own problem. The plan was to do six ascents, descents. We managed three. Okay, yeah. Uh, in that in that 24 hours with the rest of the workouts before we were like yeah. we, we need to get off we could have done it but we wouldn't have done the workouts as well if that makes sense and that had to be the first priority so yeah up and down snowden um three times but we are going to go back in the summer because we, we were on the night we were like right this actually we owe this mountain six because <laughs> we said we were going to do that and it just wasn't feasible. Yeah, you could um, get bad weather in the summer, but probably not quite as bad as that. But Yeah, 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 yeah precisely. Yeah. I mean, it rained when I'd gone to do the time trial thing like the few weeks before, but a bit of rain is, is, is refreshing, if anything, right? Uh, but the, the snow was not it. You just couldn't yeah. run. Um, you, you talked about um, like the term hybrid athlete, which actually I hadn't heard much of before. For, for anyone who's listening is kind of curious about that term and the rise of the hybrid athlete, could you t tell us a little bit about that? Right. So um, I think that the term has, has existed for years and years. There's a guy called Alex uh, Vieda, who I, I don't know if he coined the term, but it definitely predates the, the current sort of uh, rise and, and usage of the term. And essentially, it's just concurrent training, training for more than one capacity at the same time would be the would be the definition. Okay. Like training different street capacities, including endurance concurrently. Now, the way I guess the way it's sort of used um, on social media now tends to mean or I'd say it's indicative of people who do take their strength training very seriously, but also take their endurance training and events very seriously. Okay. So I would say it's less like because we've always had people right who lift and do cardio, right? Sure. You, you know, yeah, yeah. By that, I mean, they go for a run. Or we've always had people who run and they do strength training to supplement yeah. and support their running. They should but, do. Yeah, they, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I would yeah. say hybrid training is just the, I've, someone was asking me to sort of define this, like what's the difference yeah. the other day? And I would just say hybrid training is 
an actual focus on both right. as opposed to one just supplements the okay. other or one is ancillary to the other. So hybrid training, as it's used now, I would say means taking your strength training very seriously, but also your endurance training and actually not just, you're not just going out for a run anymore. You were doing marathons, you're doing ultras. And sure. I think yeah. this speaks to, to what I was previously saying about now the the barrier to entry, the doors seem wide open now. Mm. People like it. What once upon a time was, you know, running a marathon was like the mystical thing. We use the word marathon to mean something, right? It's indicative of something. But now people are running hundred like ultras and hybrid training, I would just say is, I don't know if it, it might be the thing that's actually, that's done this, that's made this, this uh, accessibility of doing these longer distances. You know, you can't discount the fact that that probably is a lot to do with the, the strength and durability that you're going to gain from from resistance training. So it's a new thing, but I think it's a thing that's almost created itself, if that makes sense. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's never, time isn't, the, I mean, apart from like 24 hours being like the end result, it's a very different time format than to like, should we say a traditional approach to running, be it a PB or a sort of like very much like that time specific end goal rather than much like the things you it's dominated by finishing a certain number of things in a time frame so i think that there's that sort of like perhaps that distance between it all but what i wanted to get back to was so you mentioned the iron man and the training and, and, the, and the, the fact that you were even specific training for the iron man wasn't just what most people would conceive to be generic Ironman training it was probably as you say you were lifting a lot and then all these other approaches all these other events that you've done at the, at the sort of the foundation of your approach to it it's not been a traditional like mileage based thing you've always seen that effort is relatable to some other condition as in like you'll train yourself to be good aerobically but not by running, but by just doing whatever it is that you need to do. And that translates to being able to run more. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah. And I, I think it's that then supports itself in a way mm. because, you know, as you said, people probably should be doing resistance training to support their running. Like, you, you know, your, your body is the, is the medium you use to run. And the, the stronger it is, the bigger a buffer you've got between your, yourself and an injury. You know, mm. it's just what I, what I just call durability. So maybe, maybe initially this, I think this approach for me like sprung up from a, from a, a number of things. So when I, the first, the Ironman I was training for in the same year, when you're pre COVID in the year that I was training for that, I also did a couple of strongman competitions and um, just various bits like that. And I was still, you know, doing CrossFit style competition. So I, I had to have that sort of training in anyway. Um, so I began to look at ways that I could hybridize the, the aerobic stimulus without necessarily just running because running has a, you know, there's still a degree of wear and tear. And it's always interesting sure, to yeah. me that people see it as like the, the, the easy thing to do. <laughs> right, yeah. yeah. So, you know, running's like the, the running's right. like the beginner's thing to do. Like it, it's a weird thing because it's, it's a lot of, it's a lot, especially over long distances, it's a, a lot of work on your, it's a lot of wear and tear on your body. So I, I kind of 
thought of it the same as I w- would think in anything else in training, which is like, what's the stimulus I'm trying to achieve here? What's the adaptation I'm trying to achieve here? And is there a way to continue sort of eking out this adaptation without necessarily like burning myself out? And so I, you know, t- just to make this like a, like really obvious, I would do very long um, resistance-based workouts so you know you know circuits would be an easy way to easy way to say it that may incorporate short bursts of running but overall the idea was to have a sort of aerobic stimulus for 60 plus minutes okay but that would that would incorporate i'd then work into that things that i also know are going to be advantageous or adaptations i know that are going to be good for my running so it would be a lot of posterior chain based work a lot of single leg based work and all of this operated with sort of minimal rest period and loaded in such a way that you could continue at an aerobic pace for 60 plus minutes without just running now does it translate exactly like obviously not because running is is still a skill but for me it's still base building you're still building that that aerobic base and i know some people do disagree with this um and then i would train running like a skill I would I, I would go out and run like anyone else would in in run training distances and for time and yeah. and intervals and pace, but I would use my lifting to continue getting that sort of aerobic stimulus over whatever time frame. We've had a a chat that's developing still, but it's a sort of uh, the long slow run, the bedrock of the marathon and 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 any endurance feat. There's a sort of you know an assess. Uh, 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 you know, a very genuine assumption that that's a, a crucial part of it. But is there a way of approaching it differently? Now, we were sort of, if you're talking about the, the sort of components of a long run, which which are beneficial, is the adaptation to time on feet and basically that low base end endurance capacity. And what metrics are you using to track that? Is it heart rate? Is it output? Like, there's all these different things. Now, we were having a chat about if you went for an equivalent time on feet, but walking with a weighted vest but enough of an effort to stimulate an equivalent heart rate. So say if you're doing your, say, zone two, say 130 beats per minute or whatever it is, if you went for a, 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 you know, a, a power hike but weighted up for four hours, are you, are you doing enough there to, to sort of stimulate or basically copy the effort from a long run but in a different format? In a way that's less kind of abrasive to your body yeah yeah possibly i think you would lose some specificity yes um and i think that's always the thing so obviously if you're training for a marathon or anything you want your training to to try to be as close to the the thing you're trying to do but i think that there is there's an injury risk with running that's quite high so actually if you, if you can hack it a little bit as you're saying like a weighted vest probably the injury risk of weighted vest is much lower and you could certainly for an ultra if you're going out trying to run four or five hours yeah. Could, could you hike four or five hours and get m- lots of the same adapt- adaptations? I think probably could. Yeah, you've done a bit of rucking, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like I, this is a prime example of if you are. So everyone talks about zone two training, like now. You know, yeah. Oddly enough, it's all the same coaches that a few years yeah. ago, especially in strength circuits, were like, "Cardio is gonna, you know, don't do cardio, just just, just eat less." Who are now like, make sure you're doing your zone two training. Yeah. yeah. Uh, if if your goal if you set out, yeah, and as you said, there's the specificity. You need to be getting the time on your feet because you, 
you need to train for what you're well, what you you're training it. for. Yeah. There's very few things that you're going to be able to do that are then going to allow you to go out and run a marathon. But something I realized was that I could do a fairly long distance with very little training. And when I start thinking like, well, well why, why is that? Mm -hmm. It comes down to, or I sort of realized that it probably comes down to the fact that I did spend a lot of time on my feet doing, and I mean over the course of, of, of days. So I used to run a business in events, okay. at events construction. And you know, just 12 hours a day of carrying stuff. Now I would still find a run tough, but I would not break down. Uh, it was literally just a case of like, yeah, this is tough. It should feel tough because I don't run a lot. Uh, and then that got me thinking about exactly that. Like, well, to some degree, I am spending a lot of time on my feet in a in a in a heart rate that's fairly well parallels this. Okay. Yeah. So let's backwards engineer that. And as, as you say, you're not going to get the the skill of running and you're not going to get, if nothing else, take all the science away. It's just going to feel horrible because you're going to be very surprised. Yeah, yeah, like, this yeah, is, yeah. I'm not used to this, yeah, yeah. but I do think by getting in the time on your feet with, in a, in a loaded manner. So you're going slower is far less impact, but by adding the load and just pushing yourself into the, into that same heart rate zone, or I don't ever train in, in heart rate zones really, but into that same effort effort zone. If you're doing that over a similar sort of distance, it's going to enable you to still get that same zone two stimulus without necessarily putting in the wear and tear on your body. Okay. So I think that's great. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. you still have to go. If, if I was to, so now for instance, I, it's a little bit different, but I, I need for something I'm doing, I need to have a very fast 5k time. Okay. Now doing, it's going to help to build my base but I still need to be running intervals and I still need sure. to be running yeah. hard 5Ks. But if I wanted to do a marathon again now, a large part of my training for me would be long, low and slow. Like I call it low and slow if you're doing something at a relatively low heart rate for a long distance. But with load, you're removing the impact and the potential wear and tear, but you're still getting that heart rate. You're still getting that heart rate stimulus. And I think if you are saying, oh, I'm out, I'm out to do a zone two run. And if that is really your intention, it's worth thinking about whether or not it actually needs to be a run. Like, is there something else that might actually allow you a little bit more recovery on the legs, um, be less injurious? And to be clear, I don't want to nocebo anybody. Like, it, you, statistically, yes, you're probably more likely to get injured running. But that's just, you know, that's statistics are just uh sure it's yeah, just yeah. surface area running isn't it if you're yeah. running a lot you, it doesn't mean it's necessarily injurious it just means that you it's something you're doing for hours and hours and hours um i think there's merit there I think especially if you are if you've hit a point in your training say where you potentially you, your even your your long slow runs are feeling tough because of injury or just niggles mm. If you can get into the same heart rate zone, and people do do this with, you know, cycling, right? But it's a lot closer yeah. to the to the stimulus. And also you're gonna get the benefits, the the anterior core and posterior chain benefits, especially if you've got a heavy-ish backpack. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of upper body benefits there. And that, this, I, in my experience, where a lot of runners who only run and are like evangelical about not strength training, where I see them fall apart, especially people I've worked with, is eventually they hit a certain point in the race where they're just dragging their upper body with them. 
Like they're no longer, it's no longer um, a willing participant in this okay. race. You know, <laughs> yeah, they, yeah. they've broken down. Whereas a strong posterior core, a uh, strong posterior chain and, you know, good, good trunk, a strong posture yeah. is, you know, you, you're... That's a benefit. That's a benefit. I, in a race, I, I right? think. I think it's a really good training hack. That. And I mean, there's a few really good ultra runners who, who do like weighted vests. So Damien Hall writes for the Mag is a big weighted vest hiking it, enthusiast. He's also a day-to-day wearer, though, isn't he? Yeah, he'll do it day-to-day as well. Yeah, yeah I think he does a bit of day-to-day stuff. So he's all, he's he's gone that sort of extra level of being like when you're doing the kids dropping the kids off. You know, you walk to the school and you put your vest on because yeah. it's it's time under load, and that even itself is a stimulus. Yeah, mm. I keep in my work backpack or is the back you know the backpack i take everywhere i keep the plates from a loaded because walking around in a in a loaded vest is a bit odd and i'm an odd guy but even for me that's a bridge too far so in my work in my work backpack i keep the plates from my weighted vest in the laptop slip in the back so my okay, my yeah. bag my work bag always invariably weighs 20 odd kilos by just doing that you are adding in this this sort of incidental work. So even just walking to the tube in the morning, walking to the train station in the morning, walking from the tube to work, maybe going for a walk at lunchtime, by adding that extra bit in, you're getting that little bit of extra stimulus. And it's, it really is just incidental work. Yeah, yeah. And I think if you, particularly if you have a, a sort of sedentary job, that's a great way to capitalize on the movement you can get because it's, it's difficult you work in an office right it is there's only so many like trips to yeah. the to, you know one hack i found is i drink way too much water because then you're hydrated but you get up for a toilet a lot and it's just move it's movement hack that's good <laughs> that's good i like that this is the runner's world podcast hey i'm ryan reynolds at mint mobile we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does they charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. You, you said that you, you weren't someone who likes to sort of do training for, for hours on end. Do you think that the kind of more hybrid approach, the kind of approach I think you're talking about, is just less boring, perhaps, than what a kind of orthodox Ironman training might be, or even orthodox marathon training i think yeah for many people this is kind of another aspect of what i mean to like it's opened the floodgates to endurance mm. training because people are going oh i don't just have to go out for it can be it can be so much more than that and some mm. people need that that's for sure the, that's the buy-in some people need all of the trimmings right whereas for some people and i 
I think about this a lot. I wish that I was wired in such a way that just running did it for me. Because yeah. it would be so much simpler. <laughs> Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, I yeah. think about I was running in scores outside my house the other day. And I was having I was running hard in scores and it was fun. It was really fun. And in that like taking in that good, like feeling how fun it was, I was like, wouldn't it be so simple? if this was all I wanted to do and it, 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 you know, I have body composition goals and I, I have strength goals and things. So it can't be like that. Yeah. But I did think, wouldn't that be cool? Wouldn't it be nice? Wanted, yeah. Wouldn't it be nice yeah. to, just, to just, and I don't, I'm not saying this to diminish running at all. I'm saying like, it's so good. I wish that I just liked running. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. But I think a lot of runners probably feel the same about gym. They don't like the gym. Like it's not it's not their environment. They don't feel naturally comfortable there, but they know they have to do it if they want to run more. So they kind of force themselves to do it and it supplements the training that they're doing. I think it's an equivalent. It's just that thing of just being like naturally people are way more interested in that that trigger, that little that little spark of like, yeah, I want to do that. But there's these other things that kind of actually sit alongside yeah, yeah. yeah. Agreed, this is yeah. this is what i want to do but this is what i have to do isn't it it's yeah. like anything in life there's like mm. there's nuts and bolts that you have to sort of tighten yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. As, as as part of it yeah but i like that i mean a good mate of mine um is signed up for a marathon in may and, and he's like more your build basically so like a bit bigger than a normal runner and he and he likes being that build and he likes going to the gym and I, I was like i don't think that you want to sign up to a five days a week running program and the things that you actually like doing, you should stay in and you should try and run three times a week. I do think that's like a, the, the the minimum really for improvement. And you can keep those other things in and you can just think about becoming like a really good endurance athlete rather than just becoming a good runner. And I think that approach is from a kind of like interest and buy-in for him was really much more appealing than like, this yes, is the, the plan the for you. The big stamp of it, you have to be the runner. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Identity yeah. change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. We wouldn't, have to, wouldn't have to change your identity to, to, to run a marathon. And I think that's actually a really good thing that we should good message for us is that you don't have to it's not one size fits all there's yeah, other ways in yeah, yeah. and I, I always think as well with motivations and goal setting a really overlooked thing is like what aren't you willing to give up because so many people you know it's that that classic adage of like you you climb up a ladder to realize it was lent up against the wrong wall but your friend could very easily have done the five day you know he have strength trained for so long or bodybuilding for so long and get used to looking a certain way and it just becomes by the by and then you go and do running and you don't really realize oh this is the thing i like about it i like being at this strength or i just like the training or and you go and you're like right i want to be a really good um i want to you know i want a uh, two and a half hour marathon time whatever it may be and then you're like oh actually what i wanted was to do some running but still Absolutely. be this build and still be this and still be that yeah um and it's a really important thing that I think about with with you know goal setting for want of a better word is you have to be cognizant of what you don't want to lose. You have to think about the thing you do not want to give up. Um, you know, if you're like you could do this, you could have the two and a half hour marathon, but this is what you're going to lose. And it's not always. Uh, I think this is this is something that's getting better now. But historically, there has been that weird sort of forced dichotomy, hasn't there? And I always think it's I always think it's been like this sort of Cold War slash mutually assured thing where endurance runners, it's almost like there's a pact between going back to like the 90s and 80s here, but endurance athletes and strength athletes where 
strength athletes, bodybuilders, whatever, guys who just work out have this thing where they say, oh, I can't do cardio because I'll lose all my gains, yeah. wink, wink, as like a little excuse for why they get out of breath walking up a flight of stairs. And then you've got endurance athletes who are like, yeah, the thing is I can't actually lift weights because of my, my I, I, I don't want to put too much I can't, mass on. I can't get too bulky. Yeah. And it was like both, both sides sort of winking at each other, being like, don't <laughs> tell anyone, don't tell anyone that. And then you've seen, and I think this has put a lot of people's nose out of joint as well. You've seen, we can, there's some really classic examples that come to mind, but like bigger guys who have suddenly gone and look, they're not running two hour marathons, obviously. Yeah. But the fact that guys who look like they should be on gladiators are yeah. finishing marathons yeah. in like the sub four out, like respectable times. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Has, I think that's put a lot of people's nose out of joint on in both sides, because then the guys who work out and look good and whatever, you know, look muscular, whatever it may be, are going, Oh, actually, I don't have to give this up. Yeah, yeah. In order to like have a good enough engine to actually like run a lap of a football pitch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's guys on the other side going like, I've been, I'm like pretty weak and brittle, um, and I've been sort of excusing myself because I'm like, Look, I just can't afford to bulk up. And suddenly, there's all these other guys in the middle who are doing well, and I think that has shone a little bit of a light of that. Like, it's not—it's a forced dichotomy. Yeah, it's I not one or the other. I, mean, I, think, uh, I think that, as you said, like I think body image and, and associated body types with a certain sport is a real danger. Like, actually, real. Like, it's a danger zone of just being like, I don't look like an archetypal runner. Sure. If we're going to go for the skinny runner type, nor do you, Rick. You probably more do fit into yeah. that sort of yeah. thing. But those aren't—that's not correct. Yeah. Like, that's not right. Like, that, you know, there's, as you say, like, even in the world of professional stuff, you look at someone like Christian Blumenfeld, right? Champion, uh, Ironman tri triathlete guy. Now, he's not like by any means big, but he's, he's, he, he would say he's, a bit stockier, he's isn't stockier. He? He's more like his frame is slightly bigger than the Brownleys. Sure. Yeah. If you, if you put them next to each other, they wouldn't look body type identical. Mm. And I just sort of, you do actually see this now more and more creeping in actually that there's this, it, it's an engine we're talking about. We're not talking about like physicality, like size and shape. It's actually just more about <clears throat> more about the engine. Yeah, it's more variety that, in people. Yeah, think and I think and I think yeah. that and I think as things evolve, it was obviously like way more capable. Or certainly, people should feel that, regardless of that, I, I'm too I'm too muscular or I'm too big for that. It's not. It's about the capacity that you have. I think as well, it's a, it's like a misunderstanding of selection. And if you, you, we tend, we only see the thin end of the wedge. We only see the famous people in any pursuit. Obviously, they're famous. So we, if you're looking at the top end, I think there's a, there's a sort of tendency to put the cart before the horse where people go, well, they like look this way because they do this or you have to look this way. But actually, it's just at the thin end of the wedge, this certain body shapes are maybe selected for more than, sure. you know, yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. It's not a case of that person is going, um, I need to look, I need to get my body to this certain shape and size in order to be good at this. It's that they're very good at this and this is what they happen to look like. And you'll find you know, there's always outliers, but at the, the thin end of the wedge, you get a sort of coalescence of certain... The Venn diagram. The, is, exactly, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. It starts to sort of separate out a little bit and then you can end up with... But, the danger then is if you're only seeing the thin end of the wedge, you're then going, okay, well, I need to look like that in order to do this. But the thing is, you're not going to do what he, you're not going to run the two and a half hour marathon. So don't worry about that. Don't worry about looking like him 
in order to do what he does because you're not going to do what he does anyway so just aim to you know the running if it's running like aim to run the fastest marathon you can you can yeah 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 yeah, like independent of what you look like. And then along the way that you're going to come into those other variables where you're like, well, I'm getting dinged up a little bit. So maybe I should do some strength training to support my durability. Mm. <laughs> Are you going to lift and then suddenly in a three month period, in a year's period, be like, I'm just way too, way too big for this sport. Like, it's just not, <laughs> yeah. you know, realistically, yeah. it's yeah. not going to happen. And if it does, you're you're like a genetic outlier and maybe just shift into like a strength sport anyway because you are the thin end you're of another freak. wedge. Yeah, you're, you're, <laughs> you're an strength absolute freak. freak. Um, but like, you know, there's there's signs that you're getting too big before you get too big. Yeah. Normally yeah. a long time before. It, like it's a slow process. For so, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, and also I think if you're, if you're doing regular aerobic, kind of classic aerobic exercise, it's extremely difficult to, to actually lift weights and put on a significant amount of weight and just don't think the, like the energy in energy out equation just doesn't yeah yeah be a yeah. full-time job to, to yeah. do to yeah. do both like they you, you know hybrid athletes now like people who are like genuinely like they are running ultra marathons whilst also having you know triple body weight deadlifts you're not doing that without to do that to uh, you know do that at a high end there's a lot of planning that's got to go into that and a lot yeah. of a lot of food that's got to go you know yeah. it is a case of like if you want to be strong and build muscle at the same time as doing and you need to be putting back in every calorie you expend plus more mm. um so the idea that it's going to happen that you're accidentally going to get to i don't I think we've seen now that paradigm is just wrong anyway right like strength training supports running as, as far as i'm concerned like muscle mass is uh, you only have a propensity to carry so much muscle mass as well. That's the that's the thing. Like you, but this is I, I've been bigger before, but I'm not naturally a big guy. There's okay. only so much I can carry. Yeah, and even at even if I could snap my fingers right now and pro and get to like my genetic limit of muscle mass, I don't think there's so much there that that would like hinder my endurance sure. ability yeah. what what can happen is you can put on too much body fat yeah and that's the, and now you're you, that's non-functional mass yeah and that's a lot easier to put on the muscle so i think that maybe is that's like a sort of it's a three ball problem isn't it you could there's a difference between putting on muscle and putting on and putting on strength you don't have to put you can train in a certain way to not Again, this is all a moot point because, as we say, it's really hard to put on muscle anyway. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. depending on how you lift and how you train, you might not necessarily even gain size. You can gain to a certain degree, not so much if you're a beginner. You can gain strength and durability without gaining size, mm. like quite, quite readily. Like lots and lots of people, especially as if you train for a while, lots and lots of people get progressively stronger without gaining yeah, much right. in the way of muscle mass yeah, yeah and if you were genuinely worried like oh, i don't want to maybe it's a body image thing who knows but you don't want to add any size you can lift in a way that's not going to be conducive to adding muscle mass yeah but will still support your 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 frame your posture for for running yeah there you go. andrew thanks so much for coming on the run as well podcast talking about unorthodox ways of of training i think it's really really interesting but made me think a little bit about what I'm doing. You're going and not doing. Going for a big ruck, aren't you? <laughs> I do like I think rucking is is actually 
the greatest cross training activity lots of people haven't heard of. I do think that's true. Yeah, that's yeah. a nice headline. That <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Um, and c carrying anything, I believe. I think we're built to carry stuff, mm. uh, and I think carrying essentially is a way of getting your upper body involved in your cardio. Which yeah. then, when you don't carry something, you've built you've built a strong. You know, I just I just call it posture. I really do. Or posture or structure. You know, you you. Your structure when you're running is so important so that you don't end up dragging your upper body around like dead weight. <laughs> yeah. And building carries into your training is a surefire way of strengthening all of those postural structural muscles so that when you do run with no weight, like you've got a long way to go before that structure breaks down. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Thanks so much. Thanks mate. so much, Andrew. Thank yeah. You. Thank Cheers. you. Cheers. So that brings us to the end of this week's Runners World podcast. A huge thanks to our guest, Andrew Tracy, and to you, of course, for listening. Go on the internet, Google Runners World UK subscription. You'll find an offer there. I'm not even sure what the offer is anymore, but it's bound to be brilliant. What happens then is your magazine arrives at your front door once a month, every month of the year. Twelve issues. Is it, is it a hoax? Is it an online scam? No, it's not. It's real deal. You need to get on there, sign up, get that magazine to your front door. Uh, subscribe to this podcast if you haven't already share it amongst your friends we love a good bit of feedback whatever you need to do to make it happen just get on board thank you for listening you'll hear from us next week selling a little or a lot Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.